Hi beautiful soul, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and this is the third episode that I'm doing on birth which is part of my sovereignty series um, in which I intend to go into some of the, the deeper, more complex and deep feminine aspects of what sovereignty is and what is often missing in the very analytical 3D um, patriarchal world, which is currently very in, like there's there's a huge amount of discussion and lots of shuffling of papers and um, excitement about sovereignty in the world of paperwork and legal speak and separating legal and lawful and looking into the secret codes and intricacies and labyrinths of what has been done to our our law, system of law on the planet and what is currently accepted in the mainstream as law and what a lot of us are doing are we're on this very deep journey back into what natural law actually is what what the true nature of our purpose and our reality on Gaia Sophia really is and <clears throat> what what the true potential of our body is and we're finding a lot of us are finding right now on planet earth as it was previously labeled that the there are a lot of surprises and that the deeper one digs, the more one peels back the onion, the the more there is to see and feel and so on. Um, and really, it does begin to feel like actually our true nature is infinite. Our true connectedness, the true nature of our interconnectedness and connectedness not just with each other, but with all things, like with all material in the universe, is actually, um, like there's an infinite connectedness to it. And even though it seems like we are separated, it seems like we are individuals, it seems like we are ego, mind, body and spirit, it seems like we are... Um, the systems that we're following are trying to lock us into further and further into separation, even to the point of these horrific experimentations in in interfering with birth and in injecting babies and cutting things and interfering with the feminine in order to make us separate from each other. I was thinking about about as I'm going deeper into this. <clears throat> um, subject in particular of birth um, the power of what opens up when we start to talk about these things and especially when we start to talk from embodied knowing and from the deep intuitive the deep instinctual and felt world what opens up is just there's so much vitality and beauty and art to it and meaning and fulfillment and um, 
like real power, vitality that one can see why these taboos are such or how these taboos are such effective means of suppressing us and how the separation, I was thinking even the separation of the feminine into the, the Madonna and the whore or the good and the bad woman and every woman secretly striving to be good but wanting to experiment with being bad but having this polemic within her, like the charge of that polemic, polemic of the positive and the negative perceived world outside of us it's absolutely a, a construct that has been programmed into us. The separation of the woman into the the maiden, the Madonna, and then the crone, and how our lives are literally divided up into these areas is really this incredible restriction on our reality and tying us into... Um, servitude and into a hugely limited version of what we really are our enormous complexity the power of every woman and our collective womb our collective health consciousness our collective health sovereignty our heritage our what is handed down to us through birth our capacity for bliss all of these things are are locked away behind these labels like hidden in the labels and we look at the label and we kind of discount all of this stuff all that we're feeling all that we're knowing all that we feel rising up and wanting to burst through us because it's damned easy to reference a label and make artificial temporary convenient and clean or perceived clean connection in inverted commas with other folk other women it's easy to fit in if we use labels and tickets and um, stickers and abbreviations and um, role names it's easy if we play a role and the, the true reality um, of the complexity of the deep feminine and, and the, the oh, I'm just trying to find the right word here, which is like weather systems on the planet, Gaia Sophia's atmosphere, the profound complexity of our alchemical, perpetually changing weather systems-like quality is yeah it's it's very much um like the world isn't ready for it yet in the same way that it's not ready for the masculine stepping into his true true power and his ability to ch channel lightning through his sword and um peal like thunder in his truth speaking similarly like like women the the categories we've put in been put into and these horrendously stifling roles and presumptions that are made out of are made on our behalf and the things that are projected onto us this whole artificial world is 
Well, as I as I've talked before about in previous podcasts and in the other parts of the the sovereignty series and this birth podcasts, um it's all crumbling just now. Um and that in itself is a bit of a a cheesy label to put on a thing. It's a kind of limitation to put on a thing. Um, it's not just crumbling. It's not just that there's this big artificial structure and it's crumbling. What's happening really is an alchemical process in which the structures are through us as co-creators who are waking up are slowly and very beautifully coming back into proper union with each other, with ourselves, um, into crystalline perfection and sacred geometry that the world has been starved of and ha- has been stolen from us. And the the work that we have to do or the, the labour of this process of birthing is being misunderstood in lots of ways like lots of folk are talking about it as a spiritual war lots of folk are talking about it as a time the time literally the time of revelations and the time of the fall of the cabal lots of people are talking about it as the the revealing of the what was occulted before so like the the alchemization or the, the alchemy of the occult and the turning it into light, making it visible, that which was in the darkness. Um, and a lot of people are seeing it as um, the correcting of things. I often talk about, about that because I really love the word right, about what is right and wrong and, and how we've been living under these horrible, tiny little limiting labels of what's right, but actually we've been doing things completely wrong and and we all know that we're doing things wrong. We all know that we're birthing wrong. We all know that we shouldn't be taking as much medication as we're doing. We shouldn't be spraying chemicals on our food, our crops, our plants, on nature. We shouldn't be killing nature. We shouldn't be suppressing our children's immune immune systems. Um, We all know that that something very, very wrong has bulldozed into planet Earth as we've seen it and made it something that it isn't meant to be, that it's been mining and um, thieving and manipulating the the indigenous nature and the handed-down wisdom. And really, when one starts to dig into all that, like it all becomes so much more distorted than we could ever have imagined in our wildest dreams or in the craziest movie or in the most out there epic novel um, or fantasy, sci-fi novel. Um, It's all much more Tolkien than we could ever have imagined and it's much more multidimensional, multiracial, meaning we are one race on the human scale Um, Although in saying that, I just probably should take that back. (laughs) We are probably a mix of many different races. And I'm not talking about the the false label of of race that is projected onto us in order to separate and limit us and scale us into a a false hierarchy. Um, 
what is right is that we are in fact multidimensional and multiracial in terms of not just being a mix of DNA from multiple different planets and consciousnesses, but we're also uh, a profoundly complex melting pot of consciousness levels of vibration of higher and lower vibrations but for the not the majority of us anymore necessarily but for a lot of us we've been really stuck uh, distracted and birthed into this very um, simplistic base heavy aspect of what is actually a much more complex and biodiverse nature I'm going to leave that there because I I just want to try and get this in context when I I start talking about the more basic aspects of of what birthing is and how it's been hijacked into something completely different in order to basically feed us all into the matrix Um, because these the real bigness of what's going on in in the world right now it, it really does require a certain, um, again, I don't want to use these words because they're so limiting, like panoramic view, um, uh, open mind, even even these words, it, they seem like they're kind of straining towards something um, and really like the real birth process the true birth process and the right birth process which should be expansive blissful alchemically transformational spiritually liberating um for both child and mother this birthing process that we're all going through just now really does require a whole other level of engagement presence and letting something come through and um, it, it also requires a, a real timeliness, like when it's time to birth, it's time to birth. And the, the mother and the child work on the, deep, the deepest chemical, alchemical, spiritual, energetic, elemental level to kick this off as a process that's been working from conception and preconception through this gestational period and into this place where there's a ripeness and a readiness, like a readiness of the fruit to be plucked from the tree. It's a an optimal state of being for release. And this metaphor of birth, this, like, again, I, talking about metaphor, <laughs> The way metaphor is dumbed down for us in like simile, similes, sorry, I have difficulty pronouncing sometimes, simile, similes and metaphors that we get taught about in school, you know, we're taught about the difference between a simile and a metaphor and like that's just completely irrelevant to different ways of saying something that make one thing another thing. The reality of met- metaphor is a... a harmonizing and resonating force that runs through all things and it's actually better labeled as witchcraft or magic or spellbinding and what happens 
with the occulted world is that a word like birth and birthing, like a ship birthing, are linked through their hidden story and the hidden story is buried and lost and we are blind to it. It's occulted in our mind but because it's occulted in our mind it's also occulted in our body and our consciousness and our will is disconnected from it. So it means that even though we're meant to come into the world ecstatically and consciously and fully awake and I'm not exaggerating here, I am saying this truth that we are meant to come into the world fully awake, meaning we see and know and feel things and we might not have a the same kind of memory that we have later on, but we bring a whole, again, I don't want to limit it as saying it's a package, but we bring a whole, a plethora of gifts with us that mostly the way the industrial medicalised birth is forced on women and so on. We are completely separated from our gifts, including our, the gift of our being present, of our being fully present, fully awake, fully alive. Um, I've often talked about how as a child... Uh, a very small child, a supposedly pre-verbal child. A child speaks from birth. A child is speaking, might be speaking through primitive sounds, but a child is most certainly communicating to you the exact truth of what is going on for that child, what is going on for that living consciousness being, that living awake being. Um, a child who is born naturally will immediately open its eyes it won't be in a state of dazed, traumatised separation. It'll be absolutely looking to connect immediately, even though its eyes haven't adjusted to the outside world, even though it can't make sense of the shapes it's seeing, that it hasn't quite arrived and put its feet on the ground and stood up straight and started channeling heaven down to earth, earth up to heaven, even though it hasn't, the baby hasn't started functioning as a, as a fully maximal operating um, transmission tool or tra living transmitting being uh, alchemizer of reality nevertheless um, even though we haven't set up our cycle yet of communications with with all things we still have a very large capacity to not just absorb but to also be communicating this and the way we've been infantilized and turned into something much lesser, much less magical than we really are, much less powerful than we really are, is, as we will be finding out very soon, as many people have discovered already, it's utterly criminal and it's utterly designed to literally criminalize life, which is so ironic. You know, it's this, again, this complete back to front distortion of the natural order of things so the birthing identity I, I as I was saying before I um I had very clear um capacity within my mind to talk in fully alive language it might not necessarily have been sentences until a wee bit later on but my my perception was very clear I had very clear perception of what I was seeing around me and I don't mean from much later like four or three or four years old 
flashes of memory. I mean that from a very young age, I was absolutely thinking consciously and from a pre-verbal stage when people around me would think that I was babbling or that I was stupid and were treating me as if I was stupid, patronising me and goo-gooing, gagging at me and um, surveilling what I was doing, like watching me and, and seeing me, like projecting this babiness into me. I had this very clear idea I um very clear verbal ideas in my head already and constructed in a language that people around me were speaking around how humiliating this was to be treated in this way and this was when I could barely walk this is when I was barely toddling so it would be you know less than a year old um definitely pre-verbal um definitely what would be designed as pre uh, labeled as pre-verbal but i i definitely had this awakeness within me that was very clearly felt very strongly i wasn't just having sentences in my head those sentences were fully attached to feelings that were very very strong feelings and i hadn't quite mastered that aspect of it yet because i was still getting onto my feet and toddling about but the the weight of what was being put on me by the projection of you are baby, you can't walk, you can't talk, you can't communicate what's wrong with you, we can't understand you. That whole construct that was around me was was really pretty fucking horrifying to me. And I said as much in my own head, I'm like, why are these people treating me as if I'm fucking stupid? This is wrong. I'm not stupid. I'm just a fucking baby. I'm just a baby learning to do these things again. And like, why are they making it difficult for me by treating me as if I'm completely like disabled? Like I've I've got I'm completely incapacitated when I am so able, but they're not facilitating me to do things in the best way I can. Um so I just, again, I want to put that context in, like so many of these subjects that I'm talking about here, like birth, our perception of it and what, what we conventionally presume around it is just so completely not what it is and not what it can be that I don't want to leave these presumed, you know, these contracted ideas where they are. I want to want to spiral round through them back to what the birth actually is and why in the day-to-day -day and how in the day-to-day -day we can actually, like why it's important for us to wake up all our senses and get back what was stolen from us, but also how we do that. But to, this is why it's so complex, because it's so well hidden. It's so occulted through parts of the brain that have been shut down and connections with the brain and body that have been shut down and the emotions. So again, literally, I, I could look at any area of life and go through that area of life, like through that issue, that symptom, that problem, like repressed anger, like feeling really angry before one's bleeding for example, which is conventionally labelled as premenstrual tension, or um, I think there's lots of other names for it. I haven't gone much into this because I haven't had a lot of premenstrual tension in my life. I've had had until the last ten years. I had very few menstrual symptoms, as they're conventionally termed. I, I don't really um, have much language around it. Um, but when I started to have like 
gynecological problems as they're labelled, I really started to get into like, ah, seeing what's being done to women and interfered with in the, yeah, like the complete dumbing down of our actual nature, which of course is the body speaking the truth. The body only speaks the truth and especially the womb because it's the core of our body and it's our absolute, it's our magic cauldron. It's the, we are the Holy Grail, but the womb is even more the Holy Grail because it's like the condensed center of the place where thing alchemy happens. It's where life is made. It's a portal and a spaceship and a, and a freaking magic, um, magic cauldron through, through which life is not just conceptualized, conceived, but where it's actually grown and then released into the world. And that process of conception forming of life and then releasing yes it has these very specific right times and then in the larger context of a woman's life it has a very specific and right time and timing and then in the um, bigger context of the whole it also has a very right timing the the and and again again I just I want to take a little sidestep again um and digress into how this has been so distorted and that so many women oh god bless us so many women crave motherhood, want motherhood and are blocked from it. So many women have either pregnancies or births that are not wanted. So many children are born into the so-called wrong situation. So many conceiving conception situations are wrong um or are filled with contraction tension violence even and um pain uh sadness unconsciousness occulted trauma occulted um will uh, of the woman and the man and occulted um like hidden hidden truths so even the conception can be so loaded and problematic to begin with that it it's very easy for the women to get again caught up in the conveyor belt and that the birth will be firmly secured in the matrix and in the interference, surveillance, registrations, certifications, stamping, vaccinating, jib-jabbing for all kinds of reasons, cutting, hurting, and pulling the the newborn into <sighs> servitude and repetition of the the karmic cycle, which is the pain, the trauma, the contraction, etc. The oh gosh, yeah, really, it's overwhelming talking about this because it is—it's going round in loops, and yet, and yet, 
the the more we go round and get into these loops, these circles, these cycles, and and allow the cycles to lead us naturally, they naturally want to spiral down into our body, our being, and they at the same time they naturally want to spiral upwards and outwards into the universe. Um and again I was just talking before about like the body is only truth. The body will illustrate all of the contraction, all of the pain, all of the trauma, all of the slavery, the body will illustrate that to you, to every individual that exists. It will illustrate it in the physicality, like the physical symptoms, like feeling very angry before bleeding. It will also illustrate in a relationship with hierarchy or with false hierarchy the body will express all of it through what we think, what we feel, what we do, what our actions are. And this is where this is where I'm really getting into the realm. Like I I, I do it's not that I apologize, but I do have some sympathy for an audience which is trying to follow this very circular, complex, alchemical, heartfelt, mindfelt, spiritfelt, um, outpouring which isn't really an outpouring it's more of a transmission an alchemical transmission and I want it to be that um I do have some sympathy for how this might uh, feel like a kind of strange medicine and it might even have a a wacky effect on the listener (laughs) but I really do know for myself that this is the way I've found out of my own prison out of the own prison of being locked inside my own womb and having the power of my womb occulted from me inside my own damn body. Uh, and the the state of going from feeling like I have a damn body and referring to it as, as a damn body or a damned body, meaning both damned in the sense of maledizione, um, like bad spells, but also in terms of uh, the damned flow, like energy being blocked. The way out of our prison and the way out of servitude has to be completely unique, partly through undoing what's been done to it in the unique, like there's, there's certain uniformity to the way we've all been suppressed, but it has affected us completely uniquely, completely uniquely. And and additionally, our our expression of what's been done to us isn't like that we claim it and label it and stack it as evidence and put it in files and compartmentalize it. But the the point of it having been put in there in such a uh, not holistic because it's a false wholeness, the way what's been put onto it. A, a lot of it's mindfuck, basically. And, but the mind fuck filters down because it, it makes us separate from ourselves. And then once we're separated from ourselves, we're really malleable. So the separation that goes on at birth, the cutting, the the suppressing of the mother's, even the mother's voice in, in calling out or expressing pleasure, the taboos around her, how she actually feels about her body that will absolutely affect the rhythms and flow of the birthing process all of these things are repeated 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 ad infinitum like they echo 
and this is where metaphor and the power of metaphor come in again, they echo through our whole life. They echo through, particularly through the primal period, which is the, the formative period and the formative years, which go right up to our like five, six years old when we become more independent and actually go out in the world away from home into the institutions, etc. And then it's compounded and compounded and compounded. And the metaphor, the meaning of everything is completely hidden in particularly when we go to school and learn about similes and metaphors and poetry and codes and mathematics like we start to get distracted with all these crazy fucking indoctrinations about how the world works and what the world's made up of and we see it as being made up of equations and polemics and this versus that and good versus bad and right versus wrong and it's completely distorted like all the color depth and meaning are sucked out of it because we're not understanding that we've already been charged up like completely charged with a false charge and that charge is keeping us in a state of absolute tension absolute contraction compaction and it's like we're a little ball that that should be a powerful seed like we should be growing naturally and breaking out of that shell but instead it becomes a little ball that we're like a little cannonball and we get fired into life and we get put into all these places that are we're just like crashing into it, you know, we're crashing into the environment, we're crashing into sacred relationship, we're even crashing into birthing and we're just making a complete fucking, we're wrecking everything, we're wrecking everything around us, we're driving around in cars that are polluting the atmosphere, we're making crazy choices about what we're purchasing that involve the, like the really, really in your face slavery of people in other countries which we consider to be lesser than us and we think that they should be serving us and scrabbling down mines and working in fields under the baking sun in order to get us our rice and our coffee and our fucking mobile phones and um, minerals and our mo uh, metals, precious metals and our mobile phones. Um, and we don't comprehend the metaphor of what we actually are. We think that we're just a good citizen and if we're a good citizen on paper, we agree to the occult aspect of everything else. We agree that, like, I've had conversations with very intelligent people about all the aspects of the whole, let's say, the jib-jab um, cons... Uh, no, hang on. I'm just trying to get the right word for it. It's scamdemic in the last few years. Let's just say that. That's. I was talking with a dear friend this morning about that. <clears throat> People who are fully aware of the classic or the the conventional ideas about health, about what's good for you, and maybe have some strong health issues themselves, and therefore want to be safe. Where want to know about health, want to know about good food, want to know about natural medicine, want to know about alternative bloody blahs. <clears throat> but when it comes to something as big as this and us or someone trying to pull away the veil and just suggesting, but go and look at this, the occult, the metal curtain comes down like ka like with such a force, such a weight that someone can't talk about, can't engage with, can't see, can't discuss, can't 
can't entertain for one nanosecond it had the curtain has to come down because they have to get on with enforcing this diminished view of the world which is oh that just has to happen because i have to have my mobile phone or that just has to happen because i yeah i have to drink coffee but like just never mind that you know it's this this ability to push things back down into the ground back down into the darkness back down into their unformed state and to live in a world where everything that they think is real is somehow clean and neat and just in front of us it's just what's in front of us that's important and yes I know we're all having a bad effect on the world and I know I shouldn't really pay tax but still we we just have to get on with today and we have to get on with tomorrow and I just have to keep doing it just now and you know these these states of being are are so linked into like how we were birthed how we are birthed each day and how we will be birthed in the future that if we're not making an expansive blissful move in the direction of life then we're going the other direction and the conventional term I would say here is I'm afraid I have to agree with um, I'm not afraid that's a term of phrase which again is another metaphor of contraction and dismissing what I'm even about to say but I I really do believe in what Mark Passio speaks at great length about in his natural law lecture which is yeah, you will find online somewhere, maybe through his website, whatonearthishappening.com. But, um, yeah, ultimately, we're, if we're not moving in the direction of life, we're moving in the direction of death. There is no halfway in that. There might be a neutral state, but the neutral state is also moving towards death because it's not moving towards life. We're either moving to, towards, there's lots of, um, complexity and gradation you know there might be you could calibrate calibrate a whole um you know big meter stick kind of ca centimeters and calibrations of of how much we're going into life and how little we're going into life but really that's the measuring of it is completely unimportant the the separation of it is completely unimportant it's actually much more com complex than that but the important thing to respect and be aware of is that and these are facts these are simple hard very painful facts very dark facts that the the majority of what we have been perceiving as normal uh to do with health politics money resources law uh, education religion and so on almost everything that we perceive about these areas of life even if we have a very small awareness around these areas of life, is so perversely the opposite of what it says it is. So very perversely. Not just perversely by accident, unconsciously, but yes, it's using our unconscious against us by keeping it occulted, keeping it hidden, and keeping the truth of all these different areas, which are, we don't need any of these agencies. In fact, these agencies are actually specifically there to keep us from the truth of the thing to keep us teachers stopping us from being educated doctors stopping us from being healthy priests stopping us from connecting with god government stopping us thinking for ourselves and having access to power in the world economic systems there and 
resources, channels of resources coming to us there to steal the resources from us that are actually free, free to everyone (laughs) and to get in the way of that and profit from us and steal from us and so on and so forth. So this isn't, uh, it's not a metaphor in the sense like of a metaphor is often used to um like to label a thing and put it away for the night you know to label it and store it to label it and get it written down and in a book or in a file or in a like measure it in some way true metaphor is uh like a a mystical key that unlocks not just one door but all the doors and suddenly everything joins up and makes sense and suddenly our place in it joins up and makes sense and again coming back to birth as metaphor conception is really the metaphor that unlocks all things but also so is birth and so are all the states of women that are classified and put into boxes and and given labels and if we unlock each one one at a time through talking through expressing through resonating through um allowing the thing to unfold in the way it really should then everything starts to write itself naturally in the same way that um, if a woman has reached a point in her life where she's followed conventional perverse logic in inverted commas or conventional perverse patterns of living and uh, hardcore work schedules and conventional relationships and conventional marriage and conventional etc etc she's followed all the norms she will reach a point in her life probably really freaking early nowadays now that they're jib-jabbing young women and and interfering them in all these horrendous ways and putting masks on them oh the stress of it all man she most certainly will reach a point probably in her early teens actually before she's even maybe even before she started menstruating she'll already have a ton of shit built up in her pelvis and her womb a ton of shame packed into her whole pelvic bowl um a ton of complex distortions between her brain and her body and she'll already be set up for this whole conveyor belt again of going into gynecological I don't know falling down the deep hole makes me think of uh, the metaphor of a a trap a primitive trap where there's like a false forest floor has been put there and it's actually thin twigs holding lots of leaf litter and you stand on it and you fall down into a deep hole and you're trapped and you might even fall onto a big spike and be killed like it's an animal trap you know the one that you see in cartoons and films um yeah rather than falling into that trap and ending up with fibroids um I always forget this name of this other disease that women are labeled with and that are they're told is incurable but you know the kind of shit all that shit that gets put on women's wombs abnormal cells bad pap smears blah 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 lumps blah 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 cancer blah 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 um 
pregnancy, failing to take hold, ectopic pregnancies, infections, womb womb infections, dysfunctioning cervixes, fallopian tube problems, whatever the whole thing is. And I, I really am summing that up as just a load of crap. It's all a load of absolute crap. And I, it's not that I don't care if those labels have been put on you and you've had to take conventional medicine and or loved ones that you know have suffered from cancer. What I'm saying is that is a load of crap that we don't ever have to put, have put on us. And it's we're not meant to be labelled, cut up, poked and prodded, surveilled or otherwise. That's not how that's not right and it's not how we're meant to be. I am what I am saying is that the metaphor of sitting down and navel gazing and connecting with your womb most certainly will bring the solution. And that concept or idea to a separated mind will probably create a projection of anger towards that that that's too simplistic and it can't be true and like why are there all these charity shops for cancer foundations and why are why do all the doctors say that you can't cure cure cancer and why does everyone have to get chemotherapy then like how could that possibly all exist if it was just to make us suffer Um, and I say that's a really good question. Maybe you should go and find the answer to that. But I'm not some anomaly. I am a living woman as part of a larger living womb. One womb. Um, I'm a woman with a womb who has not had a conventional life, but I certainly have been suppressed and my sexuality has been suppressed by abuse, shaming, conditioning to be less than I am, separation, um, grief, abuse in relationship, um, loss, um, things being handed down by my my gran and my mum, or my grands and my mums, um, by my dad, by my male lineage, by my female lineage. I've had a lot of the average and a few more than average wounds to my beingness and to my my nature and I've also had um uh I've also had uh I'm trying to think of the right word here like not privilege or riches but yeah I've had the natural riches of very fortuitously being brought up in in nature in actual whole natural unadulterated nature which was a direct education to my mind, body, spirit that allowed me, that gave me the tools, and again, they're not tools, gave me the, the spiritual vision and spiritual feeling, the sentience, the, the uh, not skills, because really it's an, an innate, give me the, give me the inalienable nature that I should be that we all should be that most people didn't get access to when they were growing up so that even though I did get this all these scars wounds and things that held me back I still was able to get to this state now where I was able to unravel 
my womb, unravel my body, unravel issues with my immune system, unravel issues with my nervous system, unravel issues with my digestion, gynecology, blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm, I'm going into all this complexity in this podcast and it is, it's really long, isn't it? It's really, it's really long and rambling. But um, I'm getting to the secrets of life here. You know, this is the this is why I'm making such effort in this and sharing so openly and 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 really untangling the threads, because everything we need is within us, and that's not just a cheesy catchphrase for a bumper sticker for to show off that you're spiritual. It's a a very real and literal thing that. What whatever's taken from us and given to us in pills and packets and jib jabs out there is doing something that is counter countering what naturally would supposedly heal us or fix us. I'm saying those with inverted air quotes in my in out here in the physical world rather than on the registration of this voice message. But <sighs> If we actually get ourselves into a place where we're not being pulled out of our cycle, we're not being surveilled, we're not being subjected to all these bizarre tasks and running around chasing our tail kind of situations and we're not being inundated with um, all kinds of pressures to buy and feeling that we need to use money all the time and that everything costs money and that we don't have enough money and we have to pay bills and we have to run around in order to pay bills. If we're not locked into time poverty, if we're just in our own time, if we're just in our own home, just in our own work, just in our own rhythms, the body comes back into nature just in the same way that if a woman has not been interfered with in all these ways and her body hasn't been racked with pain, trauma, abuse, surveillance, interference, toxification, poisoning, etc, etc. Or even if she has, if she starts to just get herself into a natural place where those things aren't happening anymore, then the body will right itself not just the body but the body mind and spirit and this is the point that I want to get to I'm not trying to say that if you just removed all the hospitals and removed all the interference and surveilling and testing and prodding and poking that women would suddenly birthright what I am saying is that with the right attention to what nature actually is and what we actually are as nature, not only will women birth rightly, not only will we very easily, even effortlessly, navigate the journey back to wholeness and health, which we never were separate from home, wholeness and health. This is the... The irony of it all, even those of us who've got the strongest and supposedly, well, the best labelled and the most firmly fixed in our brains, diseases, as it were, and are most fully pulled into the system, 
we all have the same journey back. It's the same journey for all of us. We're all the same one. We're all versions of the same. And yeah, sorry if that's just a bit of a kind of abstract phrase or again, a, a sort of catchphrase. I don't mean it to be that. I don't want to go too much into that. I just want to get back to what this is of just letting ourselves settle back into what we actually are. Because that is not only what allows women to birthright, like being in the right place at the right time, being able to move and wriggle and vibrate and and stretch and bend and breathe and express oneself fully in that birthing moment, in those birthing hours, in those birthing days. But the birth itself is in the right place at the right time, in the timeline, in the life of that woman, in the life of the child, in the life of the partner, in the life of the family constellation. It's like there's a perfect sacred geometry with the stars and with the planets and with the whole universe. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Those are just the facts. They, these are the simple facts that I know. I know them. They're coming through me. They're not logical ideas I've reasoned in my head. This is just the simple truth that's coming through me. And I know, I know it's true because I'm speaking from my own womb, which carries the story of all the wombs before me and all the wombs beside me and the wombs in front of me. And that's what the womb is. So the, if we actually, I know that, again, that might sound a little bit abstract and I'm always aware when I'm speaking out loud these things that I don't want to get too much into the abstract. But then I'm like, fuck it. I have to be because it's relative to the very compartmentalized, limited language that we're usually using around these things. We fucking do need some really poetic, expressive, artistic expressions of what this is. So, yeah, I'm just limiting myself there by feeling that I can't be abstract. Again, it's to me, it's not... The conventional idea of abstraction is so perversely turned around to be the opposite of what it is. So things that we see as abstract are, in fact, in certain contexts, are, in fact, the, the very mystical reality of the thing they're not ephemeral they're actually very real solid things like I am channeling from my womb that's a very real thing it's not a hippie abstract airy-fairy conceptual thing it's a very physical real thing that what is birthed from my womb is not just children what comes through the womb is not just blood a womb when it hasn't been detached and labelled and sort of like turned into a specimen and put in a filing cabinet somewhere in a hospital, when a womb actually belongs to a woman and it's been reclaimed and it's sovereign, the womb is performing this magic every day. It's birthing every day. It's When it's bleeding, it is birthing and releasing whatever wants to be released through that spirit in that town in that house in that neighborhood at that time in that part of Gaia Sophia at that time 
when that blood goes back down into the earth, whether it goes through the water systems or whether it's put more directly and consciously back into the earth, when that blood is gifted to a tree, when it's gifted to a plant, when the plant grows up and makes food or medicine and has that brought back to the the body that served it, this unlocks and unlocks and unlocks and unlocks. It un- unlocks everything that has been done wrong in the world. Everything, including the chemical poisoning of the soil, including the abuse of in- insect life, and including the the weakening of the food chain and the through industrialization and also through the occulting of what might have been traditionally called folk folk wisdom about plant medicine and so on and um, natural medicine um, homeopathy etc so <laughs> circling back round again here we are again in the just trying to get some really rooted physical aspects of this into being. I talked at the end of the last um, podcast about bed and I'm actually doing this podcast lying down in my bed on my, not just the first day, but the first hours of my a very strong bleeding that I'm having, which is not coincidentally around a full moon, um, a very big full moon, a very... Most full moons are very important nowadays because there's a lot of stuff going on with moons. Our consciousness in relation to the moon, rewriting the story of the moon, or rather awakening what has been occulted around the moon. Um, Especially women's bodies and how they relate to the moon and what the moon means for us and how it relates to our cycles and so on. I just want to plant a little seed in here that you might be interested in researching, but... Um, there's a lot of evidence coming forth that the moon is in fact an artificial body that was put there much more recently than we think it didn't necessarily come of the earth and from the earth and that it's entirely possible there's a lot of evidence to the fact that it might have been introduced specifically to alter the tides of the universe uh, sorry Gaia Sophia and create chaos it might have been also introduced in order to alter the tides of women, women's cycles and uh, and so on, and to create chaos in women and in the sacred feminine. But, and it's a very huge but, the nature of the moon has been interwoven with our consciousness for at least some centuries, maybe some millennia now, and it's very possible that our conscious influence on the womb as women and as wo- on the did I just say the moon or the womb womb there our conscious influence on the the luna the moon ooh i can really feel the whole thing tied up there there's something really tied up in it all um has certainly the relationship between the sun the moon and our womb is very significant if, if it's what I'm saying and there's a, a sacred feminine metaphor in there um, there's a triangle, a triptych, a trinity there that is very important about how we lay our, 
our belly lay down and expose our belly to the sun to the moon and and what is being channeled between these holy bodies and between our bodies and how these rhythms and cycles work in terms of birthing how they relate to birthing how they power us up for birthing or don't power us up for birthing depending on how deeply we've gone into connectedness with these celestial bodies and with our own body as a celestial beingness so yeah I was saying at the end of the last podcast around the bed being representative of womb and even the bed as a birthplace um the child coming out of the womb, coming out of the woman's body, coming out into the world, coming out of the bed, etc. You know, the child comes out of the mother into the bed or into a, a bath or into a pool if you're if it's being done naturally. And then it stays in that it stays in a bed, it stays in her bed or in a bed for quite a period of time. I've been having this beautiful experience with these kittens. Um, that I've been very involved in the raising of just now and the caring of the mother who herself was a kitten last year and the informing that has come to me. I, I grew up with a, a lot of cats, uh, both even though my mum and dad separated when we were very young, but my mum and my dad had cats, but my mum had like super cats. We had a lot of cats at home before my mum and dad split up and then my mum and my stepdad had like shit loads of cats I mean shed loads like just tons of them everywhere and they were all living outside so we had a, just to say we had a lot of exposure from a young age to we always had exposure to cats uh, but somehow for some reason I, I suppose they go off and they're quite private about having kittens um but yeah certainly I've observed kitten births but as a child that kind of get it gets educated out of you you forget what you've learned directly from nature as a child and coming back to it like the miraculousness of it and the beauty of it and the the intimate relationship between me the kitten I found bringing her up taking care of her helping her navigate the other two cats in the house and then her coming into her heat and being locking her in the house but her somehow escaping I couldn't figure out how she'd escaped her getting pregnant and me being like oh god I don't need a pregnant I can't have a pregnant cat in the house again I only just got rid of all the other kittens from the other one and got her sterilized god bless her but yeah there's this cat who's pregnant and then she keeps sneaking in behind me and I'm thinking how did she sneak behind me she's doing it so cleverly sneaking into the bedroom my bedroom and finding a little pile of woolly a little woolly corner to snuggle in and I keep chasing her out and saying no 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 come on my love you you've got a long time before you're going to have your babies yet and I was expecting to her, her to have many weeks um but she's a very young cat she's maybe only nine or ten months and um she came in behind me into the studio one day and uh I, I usually wouldn't have let her be in the studio because cats are absolutely prohibited from being in the studio cat hair and paintings and oil paint absolutely don't mix but she came in this day and because I was working on the back guest room um, and like drilling and constructing a raised a high bed there I was just sort of okay I'm just doing my stuff you just carry on then you do what you're doing there 
and um, she she was just going to sit on on top of a duvet, on with a comforter, a, a big piumino, on top of the the um, sofa, and I thought I'll just let her be there because the male cat and the other female cat had both been a bit aggressive with her, one wanting to mate with her and one wanting to prove her this is her house it's not the younger cat younger cat's house and because she's pregnant of course the the whole hormonal equilibrium of the house is sort of shaken up a little bit so I was working away for about an hour and then I went through through the studio to get to the kitchen to get some something another tool and I heard a little squeak a, a baby kitten squeak and I was and like where even are they where are they and she burrowed right into this duvet it's a huge duvet a big very um big queen size duvet and it was all sort of like just shoved on top of the sofa so it was all tangled up in itself it was all folded and and she made this perfect little tunnel nest right in the middle of it and there she was just birthing so I had a chance to sit with her I was also with Betty when when she birthed a few years ago and um You know, I'm thinking just now, it's interesting that I'm talking about this, about birth, but I'm actually talking very much around it. And although the, the, I'm, I'm just sitting up as I'm saying this, I'm like birthing myself out from underneath a big giant pile of duvet actually as well. <laughs> but the, the, Right, right birth, nat- natural birth, properly done, <laughs> rightly done, is just the most matter-of-fact thing that can possibly be. It's just what it is. It's highly complex, but we're in the simple mammalian perfection and bliss of it. It's labour, but then it's labour of love, and it it's work but then it it should be and I really again have to stress this like please if you don't believe this is right please go and research the chemistry of what uh, a natural birth should be and the bliss hormones and observe go and find a video go and watch the hours or orgasmic birth movies that have been done around orgasmic birth Go and find out about orgasmic birth or watch it and see what it is, observe it. You know, people have been filming, women have been filming orgasmic birth for some time now and the fact that most people don't know what orgasmic birth is or worse, think that it's like a made-up thing or or think that it's shocking or, or wrong that women are talking about it. Fucking educate yourself, you know, really educate yourself about this. Um because the female body animal and human are so per- so perfect so perfect and they're built for this and again built we're not built <laughs> like we're mystically alchemically conceived for this and we co-create ourselves and we re-co-create ourselves through birth and the facts of these birth when i was watching these kittens being born and when I was watching Betty's kittens be born 
you know, this is a, a young cat herself who's who isn't really fully grown. Like she hasn't grown fully into her body yet. In fact, <laughs> her head stayed quite small and her body grew and got pregnant, but she wasn't even that big as a pregnant cat. The babies were very premature, as I understand it. I, I've never seen little babies born that small before. They were very, very miniature, little miniature babies from a young, small cat. And yet, there was a perfect timing to it. She knew what she was doing. She absolutely knew. She'd known for a few days, and I was I was rebuffing her and telling her not to snuggle in there and telling her to get out of the bedroom and so on, and she should have probably been in the corner of my bedroom having them. But anyway, it, it worked out the perfect place because they had space to grow and be peace and not meet the other cats and just get on with their own things. So it, it that worked out very well. Um... But yeah, I sat with her. I didn't inf- interfere too much, but I just sat with her and encouraged her and stroked her wee head and everything and brought some food to her when she needed to needed it. <clears throat> but cats tend to have one kitten after another fairly fairly quickly. Um, so they, she, um, birthed three kittens about twenty minutes in between each. And then just, of course, immediately they snuggled in, they, they suckled and they started going in that direction, you know, just this beautiful, just beautiful process of little kittens suckling, her sleeping, her staying with them, her getting up only after a few hours and only in the first days getting up very briefly to go and eat or poo. But I was bringing her dishes to her, to her bed, to the nest and... um. And we've had this really beautiful symbiotic relationship since then. I, I was quite flustered that, oh no, she's in the studio. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> she's going to have the kittens in the studio. And <clears throat> how am I going to work that out? Or how am I going to, where are they going to be? And uh, what am I going to do? And so on. I was I had my mental reaction to the whole thing. But the actual, you know, the, the mother led. Mother led everything. And because I just listened to the mother, everything unfolded naturally and correctly because the mother, even though she'd never had kittens before, even though there was no, she might have never seen another birth, she might have never seen another pregnant mother, but she was there on her own birthing and the kittens also were there growing and thriving and being mothered. And even though that there was a complication where the littlest one, who's really, who still is really quite a bit smaller than the others, had a, a hernia, as it's called, like fucking labels, you know, like do not leave it, don't leave it, for God's sake, you have to go straight away to the vet, you have to have this interfered with, you have to have it surgically interfered with, otherwise the, the cat's guts are going to fall out, it's going to stay permanently, it's going to be a permanent issue. And it's like these people trying to pull us into the veterinary system so that our animals can be abused violently abused and they can earn money from us absolutely horrifying the idea that you would remove a kitten from its mother first of all is utterly utterly wrong the hernia as it was called was healed naturally it was healed naturally through homeopathy and through allowing the baby to heal itself it wasn't that I just let it go wasn't that I just ignored it she had a freaking big massive hole in her belly it was almost a centimeter wide and she's tiny 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 and I could see all her guts and everything in it 
And I did a little bit of research on it, enough to know that it's very happens in newborn babies or kittens or puppies or whatever, where their umbilical cord has been pulled or or cut too quickly or like pulled out or whatever the thing is. You know, it's left a very neat hole. It's not ragged or nothing's raw about it, but it was, it did look swollen and infected. And I very gently dabbed on the little baby, you know, without removing it from its mother, keeping her there, very gently dabbed on this tiny little creature, you know, almost like a little bird. Um, just some very uh, body temperature, rosemary and chamomile or rosemary and rose tea. Yeah, rose tea was really amazing for a slightly astringent, not a strong concoction, but just slightly astringent, you know, don't, don't want to make it... You know, suck in or do anything crazy. Don't want to do anything extreme. Everything with kittens or babies has to be very, very light version of just supporting it to do what it's doing naturally, which is to naturally close. And I was really concerned for a few days about it, but about the wound. But it just very naturally crusted up, closed again. The crust came off and it left it a wee bit open again, but it was much smaller. The hole was smaller. But in the process of that few days and putting a Nux Vomica and then, oh, I think it was sulphur afterwards. But Nux Vomica, I would never want to see somebody trying to put a, a homeopathic pill under the tongue of a cat. <laughs> Just, um, but the Nux Vomica was in the mother's water and then the mother would be drinking the water and then would come through lactation. The effect would come through lactation to the child because obviously the the metaphor of the umbilical is related to her it might even be related to myself and work on my own umbilical and work that I was currently going through around the matrodonal remedies and the vernix cassiosa remedy and reading I'd actually just been reading about the umbilical and there's a whole umbilical remedy and so on or a um, placenta remedy and and so on like the way it resonated through all the different things, I'm telling this story because the way to the solution, which was working with nature and going in the direction of nature and life and of the, the baby not overly interfering and treating the baby, the kitten, as problematic, but working, like, medicalising it and, like treating the symptoms as something bad and labels and trajectories like mapping out trajectories that are really our mental projection onto the thing that are actually self-fulfilling prophecy creating that trajectory but just bringing it back to like what is nature trying to do I read when I did a bit of research about hernias and in inverted commas it's to do with baby being born too early and the stomach muscles haven't developed yet how would a baby develop its stomach muscles by moving naturally in what it would naturally do anyway. So I just support it to keep it clean, that's all. I'm not like, quite a few people suggested to me, oh, you, you should put a plaster on it or like hold it together with tape or something. I'm like, Jesus, let the body do what it has to do. <laughs> you don't start, if you do that, it'll have the exact opposite effect. Just like bras make the breasts saggy. They interrupt your lymphatic system and they cause problems for breasts. For breasts, which mean that women who wear especially underwire bras later on will have breast problems. They might well have breast cancer because they've worn a bra all their life, because they've interrupted the lymphatic system. 
the heart chakra, the vibration of the heart coming through the breast, the ability of the breast to express themselves. They're maybe holding their breasts artificially in a halter because they feel that they're not a beautiful shape, which means that they're they're less likely to be massaging their own breasts through the day. They're less likely to be connected with their breasts because they've like packaged them and put them away somewhere. And so you can't massage your breasts when you've got a tight bra on or a, an underwire bra. It's not going to have the same effect and you're not going to feel as connected to your breasts. Um, the same way with the womb and so on. And again, I'm getting into a slightly different subject here, but I just want to make the point of how the body will strengthen itself through touch, exercise, stretching, etc. So like a wound, like a, an umbilical or hernia wound, will naturally release the tension in it, um, release the problem, and it will naturally grow. The muscles will naturally strengthen by the baby or the child or the, the kitten moving itself in the same way that the breasts will take their natural form, which should be relatively pert and firm, if we're massaging them, if we're encouraging not just, uh, what's it called, like blood circulation, but also lymphatic circulation and um, sweat glands and muscle and tissue and fat and, and everything, like just to, to keep moving and be alive, like the body responds to touch and it responds, to, our body re responds to touching itself and yeah again the whole like what brings on birth I think I can feel a whole other podcast coming around this about the physicality of birth but what brings on birth is sorry not brings it on but supports and facilitates birth is whatever moves the body to its natural responsiveness and um, communication with itself in the same way that massaging breasts regularly like daily is the means of keeping connection with our heart chakra and with our wholeness of breasts as part of being a living, expressive woman, the expression of the heart chakra, the expression of love, the mothering power, the nutritive aspect, not just of a physical mother who has a baby, but also of the, the deep feminine, the ability of any woman to operate in a mothering way in the world, in every area of life. Um, like the massaging of the breast is absolutely vital. The massaging of the womb is absolutely vital because it just affirms and is a metaphor, like a living metaphor, again, of connectedness and of aliveness and of things activating each other, like aspects of self activating self. And ultimately... Um, birth both needs that and provides that for us and and yeah I, I feel it's getting we're on to one hour 20 here of the recording so I I know that this this is a lot to listen to and it's a lot for me to unpack also um again the first day of my bleeding it um I have this really strong instinct to express and share and I often do really big cleaning and organizing of the house or um, writing or sewing or such like but today I felt a really strong calling to come in even though it's very warm in the house but I had such a strong calling to put extra layers around my womb 
and go through this birthing process of this podcast about birth and my perversely logical brain might have said oh but that's silly why are you doing that when it's hot you should be already warm like what's wrong with you or a conventional working mind might have been indoctrinated into forcing me to work like oh you yeah, but you should just ignore it. Like you should, should be working, you should be creating something, you should be making something, you should be selling something, you should be earning money, you should be paying bills, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. But listening to the natural voice and the, the whole body and that which is beyond the body, which is everything, listening to how my body fits in with everything, which I will try and talk about a bit more in the next podcast about birth, which I think it might end up being like a 10, a 10 podcast series just about birth. Um, I knew that it was time to birth, just like the kitten going in under the duvet that I was telling the story about. I knew that I was I should go down under the duvet. And even though I thought it'll be too, too hot, I can't possibly have that. It'll be far too hot. Um, but I did. I felt cold when I lay down. And the cold was part of like something that wants to move from my womb. And since I was talking, I could feel a really strong flow of blood coming because I'm talking. And because I'm moving something, and um, you know, if I was looking at it from the outside in conventionally, I would be saying, "Oh, I've got symptoms. It's bad that I need to lie down. It means I'm tired." It's like, no, it fucking doesn't. This is my bleeding, and the bleeding is always trying to birth something. It's always trying to release something into creation. And yeah, I I will talk more about this, but it's just a really beautiful thing that through the talking and all of that, something is moving from my womb, and also something is moving not just out of my body, like a a releasing aspect, but it's also moving into conscious livingness, and that is as much a birth as the birthing of a child, and because the birthing of a child has been so separated, so put on a pedestal, or rather put into a hospital and put onto a metal bed, which is like an altar or a pedestal, because birthing has been so separated from the right natural context, which is the home and the bed and comfort and the bath and warmth and security and safeness and wisdom and um, wholeness of being at home, the hearth, the home, because the the birth has been separated from that, it's also been separated from its its relation to all things, its relevance, its visibility, its powerful visibility, the visibility of its power. And that is maybe where this thread is going, that if I don't allow myself the comfort of my bed, the comfort of my blankets, and being overly warm when my body feels overly cool, even though it's warm in the room, if I don't just... allow myself like the kitten knew exactly what she was doing she was trying for a few days to get into a birthing nest she was nesting if I don't if I interfere in that if my logic tells me no I should go and sit at the computer at the kitchen table or I should be doing something else if I don't allow myself allow it to come through then it won't come through and this podcast and this wisdom won't go out in the world And my body won't have something move in it. Instead, something will be pressed down and my body will continue to feel cold and then I might get a sore back or I might get another symptom or another symptom. 
but the importance of listening to the woman, allowing it all the space that it needs to express itself. Birthing then becomes this metaphor that is actually in the everyday in a woman's life and it's also in the everyday in everything and men need to hear that. Men need to comprehend what it is to know a woman's cycle, to know how to relate to it and how to support it and how to be the, the yin and yang, how to be the opposite of that, but the supporter of it, the same of it, the same as it. Maybe from there, if we started from there, then we could ease easier into birth, into the actual birthing of new consciousness. Um, all of us have a part in birth. All of us have a part in birthing each day. All of us have a part in birthing as a powerful alchemical metaphor for all things, for our co-creative mystical capacity in life. So, yeah, just that. <laughs> um, this podcast might not be shared for a few days yet. I just want to remind you that if you would like to support my work or communicate with me in any way or be mentored by me, do contact me via womanwomanartsex.com or clairegalloway.com and we do co-creation sessions we have meetups online every wednesday 11 a.m and 4 p.m rome time and yeah it's a huge pleasure to be witnessed by you um i feel that support and i feel that reflection of self back to self, source, knowing source through your witnessing. Um, so I thank you for that and I love you and yeah, blessings and all riches to us all. Ciao beautiful friend, ciao.